It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, something's a little different today, right? Well, you got me, you got Reggie Wilson, you got Luke Inman, you got Sam Ekstrom. I am Ron Johnson. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and this is our roundtable, kind of a Friday football roundtable because, I mean, training camp's here. We got quotes. We got people. We got players. We got things, trains, planes, taxi cabs. We got Ubers. I mean, we got it all. But, of course, we got the greatest football minds in Minnesota all on one podcast on today's show we're going to talk about the number one thing that we've heard at vikings training camp or the number one thing that's kind of intrigued us and most importantly is kirk cousins gonna outdo matthew stafford because why the rams offense is now here in minnesota we're gonna discuss that on today's show i'm gonna drop every piece of knowledge i can give you to why kirk cousins is going to be just as good as matthew stafford but before we do that we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. You can find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. News and reviews of every league, NFL futures, NBA, NHL, eSports, combat sports, golf, they've got it all. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info. They've also got live in-game betting resources. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, as we start off with today's show, of course, we already talked about it. And this is what I'm going to tell you. For me, this is what I'm hearing. A lot of these quotes, <laughs> like the, the biggest quote I think that I think players should take away from is Quasi Adolfo Mensa. His wife told him, say less. So I'm going to say less. And here's where I go. The quote is Justin Jefferson. Say less. You know, he talked about Kirk Cousins being a family man, and he didn't want to come down to uh, Miami and work out with the receivers. Chris Thomason, we already know he's a pest. Like, he's a pest. And, and like, the fact that he said he texted Anthony Barr and Anthony Barr didn't respond, duh. Like, you're a pest. Um, but he does his job. And, and Justin Jefferson made a comment about Kirk Cousins, and fans took it the wrong way. At the end of the day, Kirk Cousins, this is your job. You are a family man. But let's 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 be real. You don't have a job like the rest of us where we got to go to work every single day. From from the time you lose and you're not in the playoffs up until about now pretty much, you don't really have to be at work all the time. Like OTAs or or eh, if you want to show up. You know, studying the film is just do it at your leisure at home. Like we're acting like, you know, players, yeah, they're they're at work 6 to 6. Um, they're on the road for games, but they get Monday, Tuesdays off. Like, they get paid a ton of money. So a flight down to Miami is nothing to somebody that made $28 million. To, to just jump on a, a quick charter, thirty grand, go down there, it's a write-off. And then work out with your boys for a day or two, get a hotel and some Four Seasons or something, and then hop back on the plane and come back home. Like, I, I get it, but that's also like, mm, I don't really want to be around these guys. Like, it's nothing that's make. Well, you see a lot of these other younger quarterbacks and these guys, like Dante Callbepper and Randy Moss. You heard about those stories down in Florida. Like, these guys want to jump on planes and go hang out with their guys and throw and, and, and get acclimated back into this new playbook. That was, for me, that's the temperature. I feel like there's a lot of stuff being said that a lot of people are, like, either saying too much or then they're having to backtrack and say, well, I didn't mean it like that. Well, then don't say it. 
Like that's what I'm taking away from training camp right now. What do you think? What, what about you, Reggie? What's yours? Yeah, you know, to to go there with you on that, you know, Justin Jefferson tweeted about that last night saying that, you know, his words were taken out of proportion. And I get it. It's like, I think he was really trying to like be, you know, I think he was really trying to have Kirk Cousins back. Like, hey, look, it's all good. You know, he was with the fam. We were down here getting this, getting some work in, you know, but look, he's good. He's good. It's all good. We're good. He's He's with the fam. We were down here working. He gets a pass. But I think, you know, if you look at that quote and and you really kind of like examine it, which we do because there's no game, so there's no film to really examine. So we just take quotes and and things that players say out of proportion and all that stuff. And so we're just like, oh, man, what did he mean by that? You know, Kwesi makes the, the comments the other day. And everybody's like, oh, man, what does he mean by that? Is he taking a shot at Kirk Cousins? I saw it on PTI <laughs> yesterday. What what does Kirk Cousins think about what his GM said? It's just like, look, come on, guys. Like, we don't have games, so we need some fodder to talk about. So let's just stir it up. Everybody's just stirring the pot. And I think, look, would it have been nice to get Kirk Cousins down there with them and, and work out and all that good stuff? Yes. But some of these, like, older quarterbacks, some of these, like, more veteran quarterbacks, they don't do that. Like, you don't necessarily hear about Aaron Rodgers going down to Florida and working out with, you know, Alan Lazard or, you know, whoever the Hall of Fame receiver is that he's going to be throwing to this season. So it's 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 fine to me. Like, it, it's fine. I think the biggest takeaway that I have, you know, being that they did not, you know, go down to Florida and work out together and get all in sync and all that good stuff. It's just how much Kirk Cousins is going to, you know, acclimate to this offense. You say he's going to be like Matthew Stafford, Ryan. Yesterday was just, I don't know. He's been talking about learning this offense since OTAs. And now, you know, we've gotten to training camp. And I guess this is the time where they kind of fine tune things. But, you know, Kevin O'Connell says, look, if I call a play, I expect him to challenge me on that play. That's something that Kirk Cousins really hadn't done, especially under Mike Zimmer. They call a play, Kirk, you run it. Do what we say. But yeah. O'Connell's like, look, I'm giving you autonomy now. You go ahead and, and you know, if, if you don't like that, I'm giving you free reign to, to audible to something that you do like more. And then also, if you got a play, don't go through your progressions all the time on some of these plays. Go to the read that I say that you should go to. Like, the things in this offense are so much different than he's had to deal with before, and I think that's going to be something that is going to be interesting to me. How well can he get comfortable in this offense? How soon can he get comfortable in this offense? But right now, he's still saying that he's learning everything. And then, you know, you look at practice the other day, he airmails one to Justin Jefferson and it gets picked off by Andrew Booth Jr. Is it something? Maybe not. But you see that he's still kind of learning where he's going with the football. And, you know, you hope by the end of training camp, by the end of the preseason, when we get to week one against the Packers, he's gotten all that out of his system and he knows what he's supposed to do. Yeah, Sam, what about you? Yeah, you know, in the spirit of not taking quotes out of context, I'm going to give you something I saw <laughs> on the field yesterday there that I thought was super interesting. Now, we, we talked about Andrew Booth Jr. just a second ago, and he was involved once again in, I think, probably the most interesting part of practice. So second-team offense against second-team defense. 
Andrew Booth is lined up against Amir Smith-Marset several reps in a row in the red zone. And I was standing right by the end zone. You could hear them going back and forth. Now, we heard last year that Amir Smith-Marset, he's a big talker himself. We've heard about Andrew Booth Jr.'s competitive fire. So that was kind of a good matchup for a rookie early in camp where you could tell he was really, he was feeling, he was getting into it. He was in Amir Smith-Marset's face, forced an incompletion and said, hey, you don't want to get physical with me. Then they go back to him on the very next rep. Uh, Amir Smith, or I'm sorry, Andrew Booth gets a little too physical, gets a flag drawn. Amir Smith-Marset takes the flag, throws it back at Andrew Booth Jr. So we had the first sign of a little skirmish between the two young players. Um, I think this can go one of two ways. I think clearly the confidence is there for Andrew Booth Jr. I mean, your second day of practice, you're already getting into it with an older player. Yeah, you clearly are, are confident in your abilities. Um, but I also saw this with Mac Alexander, too, and he wasn't very disciplined in his technique. Uh, got a lot of flags early in his career. Jeff Gladney was the same way his first year as well. So you got to rein it in a little bit. You got to know your place a little bit. But I do see that competitive fire from Andrew Booth Jr. right away. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, you're right, Sam. It's only been two days of practice, but it does sound like Andrew Booth Jr. is stealing the show through these first two days. Now, this is a guy we didn't even know if he was going to be healthy enough to start training camp just a few weeks ago. Not only is he fully healthy, but he's on the field with the ones going out and making plays. And like you said, Sam, not saying he's been perfect or flawless by any means, but he's flashing those first-round tools and talent he was projected to get drafted in during that pre-draft process. Vikes obviously get him at 42, already looks like a steal there. And you really see that NFL size out on the field as a boundary cornerback, a physical player who wants to get competitive, as you said, and feisty and in your face. Those are the traits you love to see from a young cornerback who knows he's still going to make mistakes. He's going to give up a few plays here or there, but to have that next play mentality, not lose his confidence, things coaches always preach. So Booth is the A topic. And then I think just the connection and relationship with Cousins and that new head coach, a former quarterback himself, he understands the game. He understands what it takes to be a successful quarterback in this league. And you just see the proactive communication to be on the same page and, and work and mesh together already in camp. It's obviously a breath of fresh air for fans to see coming off what the relationship was like with Mike Zimmer. Yeah, and, Ron, and that's what I'll I say. Got a, I got a question. This. Yeah. I got a question for you too. When guys like uh Booth are like going at receivers and all that, what do you think that does for just the team as a whole? Because I remember the other day when he got that interception, it seemed like the whole team just went crazy. And so, like, when he's in in guys' faces and, you know, chirping at dudes, obviously he's not doing that a whole lot at Justin Jefferson. We didn't see that. <laughs> but if he's doing that, what does that do for the team? Like, what type of fire does that bring? Yeah, and so, like this thing, today's NFL is different than yesterday's NFL. Yesterday's NFL did not have a ton of access to highlights, TV, uh, games on your phone. No matter where you are, you can get updates. For a guy like Andrew Booth Jr. walking to the Vikings locker room, like for me, the only thing I really knew about the Ravens, and it took me a while to even realize it, was, you know, Ray Lewis was the guy from the Super Bowl. You know, I didn't know how good Ed Reed was at Miami. Um, I knew Miami was good as a whole, but I didn't realize how good Ed Reed really was. I know he's our first-round draft pick. Um, it's a different mindset now where you can look at Twitter 
and see something about every single player on your team now. Uh, for 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 Amir Smith Marset, if I'm Andrew Booth Jr. and I know I'm a top draft pick, and I look at this guy last year who didn't play, like he wasn't one of the top three receivers. Like he, he in his mind, he's a borderline. He knows he's a bubble guy. So Andrew Booth Jr. is like, look, this is another dude on the team. There's a there's a guy that's the fifth sixth receiver that may not make it. Like he's not gonna do that just yet to Justin Jefferson. I'm thinking, oh, if he does, <laughs> then yeah, let's say this kid has all the confidence in the world, but. Doing that against a Amir Smith-Marset, it's not really saying much, to be honest. Not to say he, he doesn't do it. And then for Smith-Marset, like picking up a flag off a defensive P.I., like that's nothing to celebrate. Like it was a flag thrown. Like I, I just don't get it. Like I, I understand the sentiment. Like receivers in games do that all the time when their DB celebrates and then they, you know, they do the like look at the flag. Yeah, it's not a That's different. That's in-game. That's two guys that are playing in the NFL and they're ready to go. When you're in practice, it's like, you need to chill out a little bit. You better hope you make this team. And I get, you know, honestly, like being in front of the camera, coaches notice that and you have a better chance of, of, of being like, hey, this guy's good. And so maybe Booth Jr. is just trying to get noticed, along with Smith-Marset. He's like, I'm not going to back down. Uh, but we saw this We saw this tune before. We saw Stephon Diggs and Xavier Rose do the same, and then they ended up in a fight. So, And then Stephon Diggs ended up in Buffalo because he was sick of the team. So not to say that these guys are going to request a trade, but some of that stuff can be reined rain, in a little bit. But he's not doing that to Adam Thielen, and uh, he's not even doing that to KJ Osborne. So let's 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 be clear there. Um, but one thing I'll say to, um, you know, Sam, when, when you're talking about uh, these players again, the confidence. It's good to be confident, and I'll end there with this one. It's good to be confident, but sometimes if you get, and I think one of you asked me this, or I think you, same with your question, Reggie, when you're too confident. Eventually, the vets are going to say, you know what? It's time to knock this kid down to pick. Hey, Ooh. you're out here. Come come guard me. And that's where, I mean, I don't know if Justin Jefferson is that guy, but you're going to start to see that. Because we know Patrick Peterson and um, Cam Dantzler are going to want to go against, you know, uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. But if all of a sudden Booth split in time with Cam and he's like, hey, I'm in the ones, you might see Booth up there with, with Justin Jefferson. And, and please believe Justin Jefferson – is not going to take well to a guy celebrating every single time because guys run up and down the sideline, ball in the air if they intercept it with no pads on. Like, I get it, but relax. As Aaron Rodgers would say, relax. And I will say this, though, to the veteran quarterbacks, Reggie comment, Russell Wilson invited all his receivers to his, like, whatever, his ranch or something. Like, he has a little ranch. Instead of horses, yeah. he turned it into a football field. Uh, so he has a little pasture out back. Where him and Sierra, you know, twerk or something. I don't know what they do out there. But <laughs> Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson invited the receivers out to him. Uh, so let's not mistake that. And and Peyton Manning every time invited receivers yeah. down to where he was yep. to throw yep. with him. Tom Brady, the same, invites guys down to him. Not saying Kirk Cousins doesn't do that, but whether you invite them or they invite you, at some point offseason it's gotta happen because that's that's when that rapport comes. When guys yeah. get to get that extra, like, hey man, let's let's just hang out, go to lunch. Like, hey, I didn't realize you like to to do this. I didn't realize you played this Call of Duty game. I didn't, you know, like, there. It's a different mindset when you're out of the office. In the office, it feels like it's another day at work, and that's why a lot of people deem Kurt as a briefcase quarterback. Like he's a, he's just I'm going to work and I'm going home. I'm a briefcase quarterback, and if that's what he is, hey, it is what it is. So moving on to the next topic, we're going to talk about what person on this team, and I'm going to go last. But we're going to talk about what person on this team has the most to prove. 
We'll start with you, Sam. Oh, put me on the spot right away. Um, you know, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is too easy of an answer. I don't even want to say Justin Jefferson. I mean, I feel like Justin Jefferson sort of has staked like what he wants to prove, and it's lofty, and we've talked about it so much. But I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. Mm. Dalvin Cook was Mike Zimmer's guy. Dalvin Cook was beloved by that head coach. And there are very few head coaches in the league, I think, that love their running back, like Mike Zimmer loved Dalvin Cook. There's a real bromance going on. Mike Zimmer mm. had Dalvin Cook's back through injury. He had Dalvin Cook's back through his legal difficulties. Um, so if there's anyone in that locker room who might have kind of not wanted to see Zimmer go, it'd be Dalvin Cook. Why not? I mean, you're moving from a run-first offense now to a pass-first offense with a guy who's been part of a team that rotated running backs, had a running back by committee in L.A. So Dalvin's contract um, was not extended in this offseason. They didn't kick any money down the road. So I think he's still kind of sitting in that spot where he's maybe a little skeptical. Am I really going to get the same amount of work that I used to? Um, So if Dalvin Cook goes into this season motivated – um, trying to prove himself that he still is valuable to this coaching staff. I think he's trying to set himself up um, to be with this team for, for many years to come. I think that when running backs start approaching that 30 number, that age 30 number, uh, you start to worry a little bit about their decline. Dalvin's 27. Uh, if he you know has some injuries, if he loses his production, then the new coaching staff might say, well, you're – you're at that stage, man. You're, you know, uh, damaged goods at this point. So I think Dalvin Cook actually has a lot to prove to this new staff that, hey, just because I'm a running back, I'm not a receiver, I'm not part of the passing game, I still have value. Reggie, uh, I'm, maybe this is a little off the beaten path, but uh, I think Luke and I talked about this um, a while back, but I think I go Garrett Bradbury just because, like, he was not given that that option. You know, he's basically playing for a contract, whether it's with the Vikings or with another team. You know, he's a first-round draft pick. Hasn't really lived up to the expectations that I think they drafted him for. And he's got a lot to prove with this new coach who touted the offensive line as one of the reasons why, you know, for better or for worse, I guess, one of the reasons why he was intrigued by this team and coming over to take over as head coach for the Vikings. And look, he's been steady. He's been solid. But I think it's very telling when a team doesn't want to extend to you. They they feel like you have something to prove. So when the team feels like you have something to prove, I think, in essence, you feel like you have something to prove. And I think he's going to be going out there trying to maul everybody, just run everybody over. You know, when Christian Darrisaw got drafted last year, he was like, Kirk, nobody's touching him. And I think Bradbury needs to have that same mindset coming into the season. Nobody's touching Kirk. You know, if if I got to open up a lane for Dalvin to run, you know, if, if Sam says Dalvin has the most to prove, like, I'm going to help Dalvin's cause as well. <laughs> so I think that's the guy for me. Um, if I had a 1A, 1B, I think 1B would probably be Irv Smith coming off that that injury from last year where he missed all of last year. Like, we saw Johnny Munt making a play yesterday, but I don't think they're really counting on him to be like that receiving threat as they are with Irv Smith. And so I think he's tight end one. He's really the, the only 
if you want to be real about it. And I think 1A is Bradbury, 1B is Smith. And, you know, Cousins likes to throw to the tight ends. We saw his production with Conklin last year. And so I think he's going to be looking at Irv Smith uh, a lot this season. Dang, Luke. Well, I mean, he took two from you, so it's up My to bad. you. Is there anybody left. left here? No, <laughs> I, I, I got to stick with Reggie. We did talk <laughs> about this last week on the show, and I think in the NFL, the cliche is true. You're only as good as your weakest link, and Garrett Bradbury was the 31st-ranked center in the league last year. That's just not going to cut it. And I think right. when you look at what Kirk Cousins does and doesn't do well, he doesn't create plays outside the pocket. He needs that clean pocket. We know that. And I think this KOC offensive explosion could be dead before it even starts if they don't get that center position figured out. Irv Smith's another good one, both from a personal level. He needs to go out there and prove he can play a full 16-17 game slate. He's ended on the IR two years in a row. And then from a team perspective as well, they, there may be no bigger drop-off from the starter to the second depth piece when it comes to tight end. Reggie kind of touched on it. You're looking at guys like Zach Davidson, Johnny Munt, Nick Muse, a seventh-round rookie. I'll throw out one other one getting deep in the weeds. How about Christian Derrissaw? We don't talk about him a lot. And he did flash a little bit last year after he came back from injury. But I don't think it's safe to just assume just because he was drafted in the first round and he flashed a little bit, that he's going to be this cornerstone at left tackle. He still needs to go out there in camp and preseason and prove that he's the guy. And certainly he's going to get every opportunity to do so. And I think he can do it for sure. There's a reason he was drafted in the first round. But I still think Christian Derrissaw does have quietly a lot of pressure on his second year coming into this training camp. Well, I like it. I mean, you know, Luke's got one, Sam's got one, Reggie's got five. Um, <laughs> since Reggie, since Reggie broke the rules, <laughs> since Reggie broke the rules, I'm breaking the rules. Like it said, who has the most approved? Not Kirk Cousins. I'm going with Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk Ooh. Cousins has the most approved. I don't care if we're not supposed to go with Kirk Cousins. I'm going with Kirk Cousins because he has the most approved. I'm paying off the tease. I told you at the beginning of the show, this is why. Kirk Cousins now has an offensive-minded head coach. Every single player I've talked to, Adam Thielen, we had on the show. We, we've talked. I've talked to Irv Smith. I mean, when you look at all these other players, um, who else did we talk? We talked to Ryan Clark. Everybody is talking about Kevin O'Connell and this Sean McVay type of offense and the fact that we're not going to go full-blown Rams, which means there's a lot of Rams injected into their veins. Kirk Cousins has the most to prove because the Lions did something that nobody thought they would do, traded their franchise quarterback that they had raised for 12 years. He goes on, or 11 years, whatever it was, or 10 years. He goes on to the Rams and wins a Super Bowl in the first year. Yes, they added some pieces like Weddle, and they had Indomitian Sue, or I think they had Sue or somebody. They had, no, Aaron Donald and uh, Von Miller. Von Miller, sorry. And so when you think about who they had, um, all these players they've added, all the defensive pieces they've added, the Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they became one of the top teams in the NFL from a talent standpoint. Then they got Odell Beckham. That's an embarrassment of riches. And then, which is so weird, Robert Woods tears his knee up. So you go from like all these ups and downs, and at the end of the day, they end up winning the Super Bowl. So Kirk Cousins, because now everybody said Mike Zimmer's holding him back. Everybody said Mike Zimmer doesn't trust him. Everybody said Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins don't get along. We saw Everson Griffin tweeted out. Kirk Cousins has the most to prove, along with Kevin O'Connell. I think Kevin O'Connell, I'm not going to say we're putting him on this list, but Kevin O'Connell has a lot to prove. 
He has to prove that he's worth it, that he's the reason that the Vikings got him in. When you look at the offensive production, you look at what Kirk Cousins can do. He's a 4,000-yard passer. He doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. He's had 33 touchdowns. you got receivers like Justin Jefferson, who can be one of the best. 2,000, 150 catches what we said he needs to do. With all of that said, there has to be a way for him to improve. He has to be able to make those, like Reggie said, change the offense. Change it up. Be ready to go. That is who I'm going with. Kirk Cousins has the most to prove. How can he be that? How can he be just as good as Matthew Stafford? Here's how. You throw the damn ball to Justin Jefferson every freaking chance you get. I don't care if he's double covered, triple covered. You throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. And then every once in a while you throw it to Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. But the reason why you do it early and you start to really get Justin Jefferson lathered up and going in like a Megatron type thing where it's like, man, this dude's going to catch a – you know, Adam Thielen that year he had a 100-yard game straight, like eight or whatever. You get Justin Jefferson lather, lather up, it's going to open up the offense for the other guys down the stretch because teams are going to really start to have to look at Justin Jefferson not realizing this offense is not just Justin Jefferson. This offense is vast. We have so much stuff. But if you get him going and you can win some of these early games, and we know now I was worried about DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Now I'm not even worried about that. Kyler Murray's going to be worried about proving that he's studying every night. That dude's going to be tired. Like, he's going to be sending messages to his coaches at 1 a.m. Talking about, hey, coach, I was just looking at this uh, double receiver too tight in set. Like, what, what should I do here just to prove that he's up at 1 a.m. studying and not playing video games? So, with all that said, Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, because the national media is going to talk about him, because everybody is just going to be like, man, what's – and then think about this. What if the Vikings traded for Jimmy Garoppolo? It's not going to happen. But that could be another like true backup to say, hey, let's see if we can get another backup in here. If they like, if they're like, man, we don't want anything but a fifth round pick or something. Why not go get a backup like Jimmy G? Like clearly, he's not the starter in San Fran. Everybody's saying maybe he's going to the Giants. Go get Jimmy G. Why not? Just make him Kurt's backup. Like then, if Kurt gets hurt, which he doesn't, you have somebody that can get you to the Super Bowl because he's been there. Next topic: We're gonna go Vikings added to their roster uh, this season. You look at J.C. Treader, Kyle Rudolph, and Dominican Sue. Those were names that we talked about, but the Vikings didn't add those guys. They did add some pieces. You know, we talked about the guards they've added. Uh, we talked about the, the the defense of the linemen early in the year they added. Um, but they, you know, the draft picks. But they didn't really add a splash name like Dominican Sue. I still think you know they should have tried to go for Kyle Rudolph, but we get the whole not wanting to step on Irv Smith's toes. Is that a mistake, Luke? that they did not sign somebody like J.C. Treader to fill in for this offensive line and be a staple piece that they could re-sign eventually, or Dominic Kurt, uh Kyle Rudolph, you know, again, that's another name out there. What do you think about that? Well, I think two things you look for when a team considers, you know, assigning this late in the process. Are they in a position where they're just one or two pieces away from a possible Super Bowl run? And number two, is it going to steal any major time away from like a young player you're, you're trying to groom and develop? And when it comes to the Vikings, I think of those three names, Sue's the one that I kind of had my eyes set on. And in their third D-line spot in the rotation, I don't think anyone like Armin Watts or even Jalen Twyman offer up enough excitement and potential to hold back from a signing like Nandamakin Sue, who I think would not only fill a huge hole, but offer a ton of versatility into the rotation. Because now you got all three guys in Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, and Sue, who can line up and play all three positions. The other thing, we know they were in cap trouble early on when Kwesi took over. Me and Reggie talked about it just the other day. All of a sudden, through Kwesi's little magic wand, boom, they're all of a sudden in the top <laughs> 10 with cap room. So 
I think looking at a guy like Ndamukong Su, it's still not too late. And sometimes these guys don't get signed until midway through training camp or even at the end of training camp. So we'll see if they end up being a little bit more aggressive by the time they get in the training camp and see who they got after they assess these guys through, you know, the first few weeks of training camp. Hey, Reggie, what about you? Yeah, I was talking to Gabe about that actually the other day, Gabe Henderson, when I was out there in Egan. And I was like, man, look, he's got some cap room. Quasi's got some room. Like, what is he doing? Let's go ahead and go get somebody, you know, you know. But I think with everything Quasi has said, I do think that he is very, very comfortable with where this team is right now. And maybe barring injury, we don't see any of those guys that people have been clamoring for. The only thing that I think I would have done if I was GM is, you know, Kyle Rudolph was basically here like, please pick me. Hello. Hello. Like, he's playing golf with Larry Fitzgerald at the 3M Open last week. Like, he's here. He's come. He's going to every social event that there is. You're like, man, I guess I guess Kyle moved back home, huh? Okay. And then all of a sudden he signs with Tampa, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. Replacement for, for Gronk, a chance to go win a Super Bowl and all that good stuff. But, like, you could have brought him back here to, you know, have, like, an insurance policy just in case, you know, things just – kind of go sideways with Irv Smith Jr. But and even just to kind of spell him as well. But they they didn't do that. And so like you're looking at guys like JC Treader, I think he's probably going to be a Buccaneer by like the end of this weekend, based on what happened with Ryan Jensen yesterday getting carted off the field at training camp. And so it's like all these guys are just going down to Tampa Bay. They signed Julio Jones, which it's funny, like when you start talking about guys that are veterans guys that are a little older. I'm sure Sue is like, look, I want to sign with somebody. I still want to play. But if y'all don't want to sign me until maybe like mid-August, you know, I'll be okay. You know, these (laughs) veterans don't necessarily care to be in training camp like that because it's just pretty grueling on the body. Even though Kevin O'Connell said they're not going to be fully padded for all of the times that they can be fully padded. So that's, that's nice too. But I think I think, like I said, Kwesi is really good to just kind of stand pat and barring like an injury or or something like that, or maybe like they really just aren't seeing the development from one of the guys that they expect to see development from throughout training camp, but then maybe they make a move. But Kwesi has done a good job of clearing up cap space when it looked like they were just going to be strapped this summer in this offseason for cap room. So he can make a splash. He can't, you know, Ryan, you talked about maybe them bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, which is kind of far-fetched, but, like, they have the cap space to do that thanks to what Quasi has done to to make some room. So I think he's leaving that that spot open just in case he has to make a little bit of a splash. He has the money to do it. Yeah, yeah the Vikings the Vikings teased us. I mean, they, they released – I can't remember who it was they released, but they left a roster spot open a couple weeks ago, and, and they got us all excited. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Sue? Is it going to be Rudolph? Is it going to be Treader? Uh, Sean Beyer? The Hawkeyes <laughs> tight – what? Who? Um, I, I really thought they were going to add to the roster. I mean, I, I just think when <laughs> – when you're in the off season and you take the approach they did, which was clearly we want to win. I mean, they, they built this roster up with a bunch of veterans and they're clear. They're clearly going for it. They're not really one foot in one foot out. They're both feet in. They're trying to win. Um, and teams do this all the time. They find useful starters late in the process. 
You mentioned a couple of them, Reggie. Julio Jones has signed. Riley Reef signed with the Bears. Carlos Dunlap to the Chiefs, who continue to do this every year. The Chiefs always get those late guys. Um, mm-hmm. Mohamed Sanu signed with the Titans. Like, there are good players available. And if you can add to your roster and get good veteran players, add depth, and stay under the cap, I think you should do that. Um, so the fact that the Vikings haven't, I guess that's a little bit troublesome for me. But now, like you said, Reggie, if there's a significant injury, now you, it, it might be better to know what position you need to target um, to replace. However, a lot of the talent might be dried up by that point. So it, it's, it's give and take. Don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I, I would have, I think, liked to see them add at least one more veteran piece. But again, like you said, there's some guys that don't want to come to camp. And that's why I think there's still time. I think Adamic and Sue could be the one. Um, it's just we, they got to get through this and see what this defense looks like. They want to see what this 3-4 looks like. I mean, they're not wearing pads, like you said. That's coming from a coach who was a former player recently. And so he's been at camp and he's heard the groans. I mean, quarterbacks, it doesn't matter to them. They don't hit. They don't do anything. They just throw the ball. They sit in the hot tub and cold tub, you know, get a playbook, have an iPad, have a have a cappuccino with their wife or girlfriend that shows up to practice. Uh, you know, they're not doing what these players are doing. So Kevin O'Connell knows. He's heard the groans from the players. And he was in the best position with the Rams as far as he knows exactly what they did physically to get to where they got to. So whether that's what training camp looked like for the Rams to make sure their bodies are ready for the long haul. Why beat guys up in August when you know you're trying to play in February or January? And so I think that's where he's going to. It's like, hey, these guys are pros. They know what they can do. Yeah, we got some rookies, but they're going to have to learn. Like, you should never treat your team. And that's what I think the NFL used to be. You treated your team and had the lowest guy trying to, you know, the team trying to play to get the lowest guy ready. No, that lowest guy needs to step it up and get to where the vets are at. So how do you do that? You practice like a vet. We're not going to put pads on all the time. I'm not going to let you guys lean and fall on each other and hurt somebody's knee and get carted off. No, we're going to try to stay up, stay off my ground, learn this playbook, learn this offense, learn the speed in which we're going to play. But here's the fun one to finish. So the movie Avengers we know is out. Thor, we know all that. You got WandaVision, you got all this stuff. We are going to pick a player on the Vikings or a coach that you think most resembles an Avenger and why is going to be a quick one. You got one minute. I'm going to go first. I'll just give you guys a minute to think about where you're going with this one. And then from there, we'll see. But you got one minute real quick. Just why does this player resemble this guy the most? And I'm going to go with Sam. I'm going to go with Captain America's right-hand man. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And he is Sam. He's he's walking around with the wings. He's out there, you know, got the little bat wing coming off and shooting people. Why? Because he can do stuff from a distance. He's extremely sneaky. He's smooth with it. All the ladies love him. And at any time, he can go deep. I mean, think about those wings. If you were to sit on top of a building and throw a football, that guy can catch it with those wings. Like Justin Jefferson is that guy. And I'm not saying that. Kirk Cousins is captain or is uh is uh yeah Captain America, but he's close. He's close, you know. And since Reggie did it, I'm a steal one. I think Harrison Smith would be the Winter Soldier. Like Harrison Smith reminds me of that guy. Like if he grows his hair out, like gets a little pale, that that's definitely Harrison Smith would be the Winter Soldier, and Justice Jefferson would be Sam, Captain America's right hand man. I'm gonna go to you next, Reggie. Who you got? You know. Uh... 
this this is totally out of my wheelhouse because I'm not into those movies at all. I I I'm like, oh, dang, like I don't know. So let me see. We got, huh? I guess if you're if you're going to just from a, a standpoint of just being like chiseled or or whatever, like maybe Daniil Hunter is Thor. I thought of that one too. How about yeah, that? Is, I, I is was that, gonna go. Yeah, is that Daniel, on base? Daniil, yeah, Daniil Hunter as Hulk. I mean, don't get him mad. Don't get him mad. He's quiet but deadly. Don't get him mad. I think I think you can't go wrong either way with Daniil. Daniil will probably match up with like four or five different characters. <laughs> All right, what you got, Luke? Yeah, I think Daniil again as Hulk. I think that one would be great. Um, how about how about Harrison Smith as the Punisher? Mm. Ah. I like that. I like that. A little off the beaten path. What you got, Sam? Yeah, I had to Google who are the Avengers. No, um, I I'm I'm same. I'm, I'm like who? I'm in Reggie's camp. I don't I don't know. Like I've seen Iron Man, so that's kind of like my basis for all of this. I'm like, who is who's Robert Downey Jr. in this? Um, and I can't think of any like clever people with goatees on the team. So I'm. At a at a complete loss. I am horrible at this game. I apologize. Oh my goodness. There's so many out there. I mean, you got WandaVision. Ron's disgusted. You know, Come on, guys. I'm so disgusted. So disgusted in this. I am. I mean, you got Irv Smith. My career's uh, you over. You got any of the offensive linemen could be, you know, one of the bigger dudes. I mean, you could go with the Fantastic Four if you just want to throw weird people into this. Hey, but that's what you guys can do on Twitter. Tweet us who you think. Some of the, I mean, because I got I had Kyle Rudolph, I think, at one point as Thor, uh, just because of the kind of way he looks. I had Adam Thielen as Captain America because he doesn't curse. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't either and has the arm, can throw. I mean, there's a lot of things out there. Like with Iron Man, you could say the Playboy billionaire. So you'd have to go with somebody who's flashy with their money maybe. Um, I don't know if this team has that, though. That's the thing. Like, I mean, Kevin O'Connell maybe. Like, he could. I think Kevin O'Connell would be Vision, though. Like, he, he reminds me of a guy that could float around and have a ridiculous amount of um, just like talent can do a ton of crap but that'll do it today for the locked on sports minnesota football round table i'm ron johnson that's luke inman that's reggie wilson and that's sam ekstrom that will do it for us today please like subscribe download share and comment tweet i mean we're going to interact with you guys we want to know who you think is kirk cousins ready who should the vikings sign in offseason and hey if you're an avengers fan like me what player most fits some of these Avengers characters and why? Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.